You are listening to Get Your Sexy Back podcast with Kim Coffin, empowerment, sex, love, and relationship coach. My goal is to bring you uncensored healing and pleasurable wellness through sacred sexuality, sex positivity, and empowerment that feels good to your body. So as a collective, we can release shame, reclaim the places we've been most disempowered, reconnect to our body, remember who we are, and step into our unapologetic power basically breaking down the walls of our conditioning and the patriarchy together. My pussy is so excited that you are here. Let's drop into this week's episode. Welcome. It's Turn On Tuesday. I hope you're having a fabulous day wherever you are, whatever day you're watching. Today's an interesting topic. I've been debating for about a month or so, maybe two months of if it's time for me to go in deeper into this. And about an hour ago, I was like, yeah, it's time. So we are diving into today, my story, which I've shared before, but I'm going to go into some more detail because I also want to show how past heartbreak and wounding can show up in our adult lives today. And I want to share this so you can recognize where past wounding might be showing up in your life right now, where past experiences or messaging might be showing up and catching you because these are the places that we get really stuck. We get held back very unconsciously. We don't even know it's happening and we get caught in this pattern of going and going and going and not even noticing. So I want to share all of this. And of course, you know, my story is vulnerable and I know many of you have heard it and I share it all the time on different podcasts, but it's been a while since I shared it on, on this podcast and I'm going to air this on the podcast as well. So hmm, let's go into this because let's just start with my story. We'll go from there. So at 14, I woke up in the middle of the night to, and you know what, before I go there, trigger warning, just want to drop a trigger warning. If you are not in a space where you can hold this right now, come back later and watch it later. And even that, while you are listening to this or watching this, you definitely want to hold and resource and give yourself amazing, amazing self-care. Sorry, my puppy is loud playing with toys all over the house because why not when mom's recording? Hello. So at 14, I got woken up in the middle of the night to being sexually assaulted by my stepfather. It was an absolutely horrific night. I feel that just hit my chest hard, even as I say it, even though I've already told this story earlier today and probably five or six times each week, but it still hits me. My body, our bodies keep the score for this wounding and for this heartbreak forever. It gets less and less and less and less, but it's still in there. So I can feel it as it just hits me and it lands right between my um, breasts, right in my heart, my center heart space. It was a really, really horrific night for me. He'd been my stepfather for 10 years at this point. He was somebody I trusted. He was somebody who I was absolutely shocked that this was happening. And I felt so, so alone. And I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know if I should run away, call the police. 
other things to myself. I really was at a real low point when this happened. And I can see this now. I was going through every single trauma response possible. I was trying and cycling through them all to survive, right? That is what our body does. Somewhere between four and five in the morning, I stayed awake the entire rest of the night. I could not sleep, of course, constantly cycling, replaying. What did I do? Did I cause this? Like all of these seasons of doubt and shame and embarrassment and unknowing what to do. But I finally decided I was going to tell my mother. And all of a sudden I felt this relief. I was like, yes, like that's what we're told to do, right? We're told to tell. We tell them they're going to figure it out. Like, this is what has been told for me for years, right? So after he left for work, I waited about another 20, 30 minutes. And I told my mom, I went upstairs and told my mother. And she believed me initially. And then within a matter of hours, she did not. And it was never discussed again. Within a matter of hours, she picked me up at the school and told me she wanted to talk to me. That was a first red flag. She sent me to school. It was a Friday. I will never forget this. It was the 15th at this point of February. And she sent me to school and I got called out of math class. And my mother was there. And then she took me outside and my stepfather's truck was there. And I had to confront my stepfather. She made me sit in the front seat and confront my stepfather while she sat in the back seat. She never said a word. She never even closed this whole container. It was literally, he said, no, it didn't happen, done. And I remember what happened to me. I remember like literally the building blocks, the bricks were going and going and going and coming up around my heart. I remember shutting down. I remember thinking, I am alone here. This is it. There is no no one else I can trust. This is all I can do. And I'm sharing this because what I did was stuff it down, put it away, and put a big, huge wall and lock around it. But what happens is our body never forgets. It never forgets until we work and do the work to heal what has happened to us. So fast forward into my early 20s, this proceeded also in my 30s. I shut down in so many ways. My body responded in disconnection, in numbness. I didn't feel much pleasure. I didn't feel much sensation, like even just touching my body, I didn't feel much. It ended up moving into really difficult childbirths and really difficult postpartum periods. At the time, I just thought was postpartum periods and childbirth, but it wasn't. My body was constantly poking at me going, hello, like, listen. So my first one, my first birth was in 2000. And Basically at 36 and a half weeks, he turned breech. He was already like pushing eight pounds and he flipped. And the doctors at the time were telling me because I had a tight pelvic floor, tight abdomen, whatever, tight abs. I also know that we hold because of what I study and what I do now being a sexuality coach and knowing female sexuality and body and pelvic floor so well, 
we hold all of this tension from any past wounding and heartbreak in our more sensitive, in our more sexual generally, but softer areas. So vulva, vaginal canal, um, lower belly, breasts, throat. These are all the areas that we hold trauma and wounding. So what continued to happen, which was so amazing to look at this now, at the time it did not feel amazing, but I got mastitis three times in my left breast in the first six weeks after he was born. I had a nursing person, lactation consultant helping me. I also had a doctor, one of the biggest specialists in the world, Dr. Newman, helping me learn how to breastfeed. And they were all like, you're doing it right. I don't know why you keep getting mastitis in this breast. And of course, antibiotics and probiotics and all of this stuff they were giving me, massaging techniques, you name it. They couldn't figure out why I kept getting mastitis. This was the breast, my left breast that I was sexually assaulted on, that I woke up at four in the morning being assaulted on. It's just, it blows me away because even though I know the body keeps the score to see how the, my body has kept the score over decades, because we're talking 27 years now, by the time I confronted my mother, my body kept the score for 27 years, 27 years. And anytime this conditioning, the shame, these flashbacks came up, I pushed them down. I pushed them down so hard, which is normal. It is totally, totally normal. Our body, our nervous system is meant to keep us alive. Our job is to survive. And that is what my body was doing, was surviving the best way it knew how, which was pushing away, pushing down, disconnecting, which unfortunately included body. It included sensuality. It included feeling turned on. It included pleasure. It includes everything. You can't disconnect partially. You have to disconnect fully. And so it did. This also ended up being really, really deep, constant hip pain, pelvic pain, a lot of pain. And I had a C-section with this baby because he turned breech. We tried to deliver him uh, naturally, but the OB who was willing to went golfing at five. So the next OB did not want to deliver a breech baby. So even with a C-section, I had this incredible, incredible pain. And I tried naturopaths. I tried massage. We're talking regularly, weekly appointments, acupuncture, homeopaths. I tried everything to constantly keep my body in the best shape that it could be for birth, for postpartum, for you name it. This moved into postpartum thyroiditis, which took six years to totally diagnose. I kept calling it postpartum depression but it was postpartum thyroiditis because my body was freaking out. It was screaming at me to look at the pain and the grief and the rage and the heartbreak, not only from the sexual assault, but also from my mother, the betrayal from my mother, my own mother, who did not believe me, who did not listen to me, who did not want to talk about it. And I get it. I get it. She was honestly just trying to do her best. And she still is. 
it might not be the way that I or anyone else think is doing their best, but the, the poison, the toxicity that is running rampant in our society from sexual shame, from abuse, from trauma, from assault is so deep and so thick that it is not wanted to be talked about. Our parents, our grandparents, we're taught to put that under the rug. This is not up for discussion. This is not something we're going to talk about today. And I get it. But I also get that it needs to change. It needs to stop. Because I know that I'm not alone. I know that this is not just my story. I know that this is so many other human story out there. In this cycle of dysfunction and disconnection and pretending everything is okay needs to stop. It needs to stop. It needs to stop for me. It got to the point where I was outright exhausted and burnt out and frustrated and angry. And it needs to stop for our children and our future grandchildren and everyone else beyond that. So I want to start to break down some of the ways that this inner child, these body-mind pieces, these pieces in ourselves and our psyche continues to show up through all of these years from assault onward. So assault to my 40s, so 14 to, um, it was like 40 and a bit, 40 and a half. It ended up being 27 years between the time that I was assaulted and I told my mom right away and then me confronting her again ended up being 27 years that I carried this and I held this. So I want to share how also it showed up in my adult life. So the pain, the flashbacks, the disconnection, the lack of pleasure, the utter burnout, the adrenal fatigue. My, my, I was constantly in trauma responses. So I was constantly in either fight or flight or freeze or flee I was constantly like navigating every single day in my life with this complex PTSD, with these different trauma responses. So I couldn't ask for what I want, wanted at any given moment. I was so hard. Well, eh, what am I going to do? Should I fawn here? Should I ask? Should I demand it? Like I really struggled asking for what I needed. It also affected my relationships definitely being fight activated. Like I could feel that energy come on and it came on fast, very fast. It really caught me in my parenting. This is one of my biggest regrets because I was super, super frustrated and angry with my kids when they were little. Like I was just always angry. I was stuck going through the emotions of go, 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 and keeping up with the Joneses and wanting the kids to be perfect and making sure I was perfect, that it made me so uptight and angry, so angry. And that perfectionism is super common in there, right? Everything else falls apart when we have this big wounding or ongoing wounding happening that we decide very unconsciously to put everything together in this cute little package with a bow on top and make sure it's perfect to survive, to try and survive. It's not true, true survival, but we're doing the best we can, the absolute best we can. So this perfectionism shows up in there a lot too. And definitely a lot of people pleasing. I people pleased my mother for 27 more years. 
I never brought it up again with her. I did what she told me to do. She is extremely controlling as well. And there's definitely a lot of narcissistic tendencies also. And I was super afraid of her. Didn't know that at the time, but I saw it pretty quickly within six months of confronting her 27 years later. So uh, just before I confronted her in, I'm going to go back a little bit. So in 2013, I started to slowly reclaim these places where I was definitely very, very disempowered. Even a little earlier than that, when my daughter was born in 2006, there's something about having a girl. I have two boys and then a girl. Something happened when I had my daughter that made me question every single one of my mother's decisions, every single one. And I was like, how, how can this happen? What is going on here? So I started looking in 2006, a lot at everything. And then I got mad at a lot of things. And sometimes I'd had a fight or confrontation with her. And sometimes I just people pleased. And then in 2013, I started to reclaim some of these boundaries and places. What happened through those years is that my daughter, as my daughter became less and less attached and with me all the time, because I was still seeing my mom and my stepfather a lot. We're talking for weeks, for long weekends, for every holiday, for summer breaks, you name it. We spent holidays together, all of them. It was kind of demanded. It was expected. And the one way I found that I could get out of it was being in rep sports with the kids, with the boys. So my boys started rep sports very, very quickly around the time where I realized, ooh, this was my out. This is my way to stop coming all the time. So there was rep hockey and there was rep baseball and there was rep soccer and we were busy. So there was many, many holidays where, oops, we have a tournament, can't go. Oops, we have games, can't go. Like when you play rep sports, you're in rep sports, like you're in hard. And if you don't go, you definitely, well, not always, but you most likely won't make the team next year if you start no showing on them. It doesn't work well. So I found this way to keep my daughter and my sons as safe as possible for that time. Coming, pushing back into 2013, I started really pushing back on a lot. I started reclaiming my boundaries. I was definitely still wobbling. I also had another wobble, a big one. I broke my ankle and I had to have two surgeries on it and I couldn't walk. I couldn't drive. I couldn't do anything for like 12 weeks. And the pain in walking was more in a year because I had to have a second surgery to get the plates and screws removed. But the biggest message through this time was to slow down. It's all I kept hearing. You need to slow down. You need to slow down. So I started listening. I started listening, but it was a wobble from there on out. 2017 is where I fully started reclaiming myself full out. This is when I started working with world-renowned teachers like Mama Gina and School of Womanly Arts, Layla Martin, uh, Sheila Kelly and S Factor, Femme with Bernadette Pleasant, like so many amazing world-renowned leaders where I really started to reclaim every single place in my life where I'd been disempowered. So my body, my sexuality, 
my voice, my truth, my boundaries, my pleasure, my turn on, you name it. Everywhere that I was being perfect, a good girl, a good mom, a good wife, I started looking at, I started taking them apart and really finding what it is that Kim, that I wanted, because I really didn't know. When you're going through years and years and years of wounding and heartbreak and trauma, you don't really know what you want anymore. You're caught in this cycle of going and going and going. You're stuck. So to really look at what you want is really, really hard. So then I started reclaiming myself aloud. Then I started doing more and more coaching certifications and became more confident. I learned how to trust my body. I learned how to listen to my body. I learned how to feel. And oh my gosh, the freedom, the freedom of confronting my mother in 2017 was out of this world. It felt like I put down a 50 or a hundred pound backpack, like gone. It was out of this world and it was instant. It was instant. As soon as I claimed my truth in that, it was like, oh, I don't care what she says anymore. I'm good. Like good. Now there's definitely pieces to still work through like betrayal from mom and all of this, but it was so, so freeing, so freeing. So let's break down some of the ways that my inner child, my body, mind, my unconscious pieces kept showing up. I've done a few of them already. And just, just to give some background here as well, like our, our primal brain, our natural unconscious part needs to feel safe. It needs to feel loved and it needs to feel like it belongs. And we will do anything very unconsciously sometimes to keep this in the status quo. So there was deep, deep body hatred. I'm going to go through body business life. I'm going to go through them all. There was deep body hatred. There was deep shame in body that I maybe hadn't even seen or known for what it was but I needed the lights out when we were having intimacy. I would wear concealing clothing. I was hiding. I was either excessively working out or excessively dieting. I even owned a weight management center for seven years. Um, that's where I first started coaching way back when in 1997, I owned a weight management center, which I wouldn't do now looking back, right? It's not something that I believe in, but huge, huge experience there for managing and working through this center and holding mostly women, not all through body shame, through dieting, through life, because it all comes up. It's all connected. You've heard me say that before. All of the shoulds, all of the shoulds that I was doing against my body. So shaming myself, um, negative self-talk, Constantly like critiquing myself, you should be doing that, shouldn't be doing that, all of that. So all of those shoulds kept showing up, the disconnection, the perfectionism in never getting there, never being good enough, comparing myself to other moms, comparing myself body to other women, 
comparing my parenting, comparing my wifing, comparing all of it. So that's how a lot of this wounding and heartbreak and trauma was showing up in my body. And I know there's more, like there's the pain, the mastitis, the depression, the postpartum thyroid. Cause really what I was doing was all the complex PTSD was, and I was perpetuating that was exhausting me. It was stressing out my adrenals, including raising three kids and not doing it, feeling very aligned. It was stressing out my adrenals, which was stressing out my thyroid, which eventually after three babies fried my thyroid. It's coming back. We're working on it. So that's how it really affected my body. In my business, there was constantly these fears, these fears of will it disappear, fear of being seen fully, fear of speaking my truth, even there, fear of being too much, fear of being not enough. Do I talk this way with my clients and my employees or do I back up and be stoic and professional? Like there was all of this wobble and doubt I didn't trust myself. I definitely was overworking. That is also a cycle we can get caught in of overworking and constantly going and going and going. One, because it numbs us out a little bit. Two, because it keeps us busy so we can stay numbed out. There's so many reasons why. And the perfectionism, it's all tied up in there too, right? Got to be perfect. Got to be a good boss. Got to be a good entrepreneur. It's all in there. It all shows up. And then in my life, it was so, I was not present with my children for those younger years. It's um, again, one of my big, big regrets because the presence that I have now, the being here, the being in the now, the connection, the intimacy, the communication with my children, with myself, with my partner and every other human I interact with now is through the roof. Like there is not even night and day. It's like a star versus the galaxy. Like it's huge because when we're caught in this wounding or trauma and heartbreak, it's held in our body. It's held in our psyches. We're not thriving. We're, we're surviving and it keeps us stuck, keeps us in this spiral of shaming and negative talk and I'm not good enough and I can't keep up. And then I feel guilty because of everything I do have, but I'm not happy because then there's also the depression that's in there too. And it keeps us stuck and it keeps us disconnected from life, from absolutely living our life. And I share this story because like what I have come to learn is this isn't just my story. I know that. I know that. And because of our conditioning, because of the messages received, because of the way our world is working right now, or a hundred years ago, it's the same thing, unfortunately. Because of that, so many of us have disconnected in one way or another from our body, from our life, from being present, from our pleasure from our sexuality, we have disconnected. It's too painful. It's too painful. And just like my mother, so many of us are so afraid, so afraid 
to be our authentic selves, to show up in who we are, to speak our truth. And if somebody doesn't listen to speak it again, we're so afraid and I get it. I know that we're afraid. We've been burnt. If we're going to go back hundreds and hundreds of years, we have been burnt. We have been persecuted in so many different ways for speaking our truth and for being ourselves. But it is keeping us from our power. It's keeping us from our unshakable, confident, unapologetic power. And this is why I continue to do what I do. This is my why. I just don't do it for myself. I just don't do it for my children. I do it because the entire world needs this healing. We need to reconnect. We need to reclaim the places where we have been most disempowered. And the biggest place, one of the biggest places is being in our body and our sexuality. It's not safe. It's not safe. It does not feel safe. Hmm. So this has been my journey. This has been my journey of full out reclamation and helping others do the same. And it has been a beautiful journey. I honestly, honestly can say at this point that I don't regret any of it. I knew it had to come the way it had to come for me to be doing and to stand up and to show up either on this podcast or on this live and do what I'm doing today. So all of these pieces were like this big, huge piece of this huge puzzle. And it's taken work. It's definitely taken a lot of work, but it can be done. And I really, truly want you to know that and to feel that it can be done. And yes, there's parts that are hard, but also as soon as I said yes in 2017, I'm doing this. Ugh. Literally like the skies opened up, the backpack fell off. Everything became more alive, more clear, more free, more fun. And I was extremely supported. I put myself in a community with other women, with other coaches to support me. And it's been the journey of a lifetime. It has been the best thing that I have ever, ever done. Hmm. I wanted to go into a little bit. It's hard sometimes to identify where these inner children and sensations and so forth are showing up in our body mind, where they are showing up because it's very, very unconscious and we don't notice it. So sometimes when we are having a dis disagreement with our partner or somebody, a friend or family member, or even with our children, Sometimes this subconscious, this, this shift back into our inner children, our inner child that feels really wounded, really hurt, that didn't get the safety, that didn't get the love, that didn't get the belonging, that they so, so desired. How I feel it, and I notice this in many of my clients, sometimes it shows up as this, you're there, you're present, and all of a sudden you feel like this bubbling, this like energy increasing coming up, and all of a sudden you can't think. All of a sudden you can't, you don't know what to say. All you know is you need to get out of there. Like I got to get out of here. I'm not winning this conversation or they're not doing what I want or they're not listening to me. And I got to just shut this down right now. Cause if I don't, something's bad is going to happen to me. Like there's this 
it's all in one quick sensation. And before you know it, maybe you're yelling and screaming, maybe you're slamming a door, maybe you're really, really angry. But these are the pieces coming up and coming out that are really, really afraid. They're afraid for your safety. They're afraid for your love. They're afraid or lack of love. They're afraid that you're not going to belong. So it's like it shifts. It shifts the way that you interact. In some of the places that I work with myself, with my clients, with the people that I work with, is we start to identify. So first, we might start to identify what it is you desire. What is it that you want to change? Sometimes we got to look at what you don't want anymore in your relationship, in your business, in your body, in your life, whatever it may be. But we can start to look at what don't you want. And then we can flip it to what do you want? And then we can check in with body because the body always, always keeps the score. It never forgets. So if it ever felt one way, whether it was being bullied or being hurt by family or being hurt by a stranger, whatever that may be, it never forgets. So we can check in with body and say like, does this desire, does what I want feel aligned? And we can check in with our sensations and see. And then we can check in, is anything coming up that feels fearful in your body? Do you feel, like I said earlier, this sensation in my center heart chakra, this is like somebody clawed and grabbed my heart. Do you feel any sensations in your body? It might be a totally different sensation for you. Some people get it in their face. Other people get it in their shoulder or their scapulas, heart, solar plexus, lower um, sacral womb area. It could be a headache. These places of our body mind can show up and say, no, I can't do that. And then we can start to check in with them. Then we can start to see what it is, why they're showing up with your desire and what it is that they need. Can we go underneath? Can we slow down enough to listen to what they need? And then can we source that from within or from a higher power to hold that piece of you? to hold that young piece of you that just wants its needs met, that just was hurt, that just was wounded, that is holding pain and it is really afraid to move forward into your desires because it's all connected. What you want now is still connected to your past, to what happened to you, to how you received things. Maybe it wasn't outright even abuse or trauma. Maybe it was just some shaming from a teacher or a friend or somebody else in the family. It can even be messaging we receive on TV or media. So how you have accepted this in your own body is going to still show up later in life. It doesn't just go away. It doesn't just go away. It pokes at you and it's like knocking on the door going, you're going to listen to me. I'm going to sit right here until you do. And it just keeps poking and poking and poking, giving you signs like the hip pain, like the mastitis, like the frustration and burnout, breaking my ankle and slowing down. It constantly is going to keep giving you signs. But the question is, will you, will you answer? Will you listen? Because this work can be done. And I know it can seem scary in the beginning. The scariest part is always just before you say yes, just before you start. 
But if you also have this inkling somewhere in your body going, oh, but wouldn't that be nice? But I wish, I wish. And some part of your body is like, ooh, that's a little fun. I wish. It can be done. You can heal. And this is what I do. This is what I teach my people, singles or couples. How to reconnect to your body. How to reconnect to your pleasure. How to activate your turn on. How to heal heartbreak. How to heal the shame, this disconnection, the pain, the places you've been disempowered. And then we start reclaiming the places you've been disempowered. Your voice, your truth, your boundaries, your body, your sexy. All of these places being seen so that you can then from there step into your full unapologetic power because it is all within you all of this power all of this strength all of this confidence all of this sexy it is all in you it simply needs to be excavated in a gentle safe controlled place where you feel safe to do so and when you do this work it's so, so good. It is so, so powerful. So if this is resonating with you, or if you just want to share comment or love or anything, I'm happy to receive, receive it all. I've been getting messages from all over the world in messengers telling me about how much they love the podcast. And thank you. Thank you, all of you, because as I shared with one, it feels like sometimes I'm speaking into the void. So it feels so great to hear from you. If you're feeling a calling and you're like, Ugh, I need to talk, let's talk. I offer private one-on-one -on -one coaching. I offer one-on-two for couple coaching. We have some small programs. I have places you can dip your toe in. You can keep listening to my podcast. GetYourSexyBack.ca is the website. You can join my private Facebook group, Get Your Sexy Back for female identifying humans. There's so many places you can reach out. If you'd like to hop on a call, message me. Whichever way you find me, message me. I'd love to connect with you. We can talk about private coaching. We can just talk and see where you're at right now. And I can suggest maybe the Sacred Pleasure membership. We can talk about Pussify Your Biz Body and Life if that's for you. There's so many options. The only thing you need to do is reach out. The only thing you need to do is take that first step. And it'll be the scariest step. I get it. I've been there. It took me 27 years, no shame to taking that first step. It can take a while. But if you're listening, I invite you to use that as your evidence. Use that as your evidence to go, okay, there's something here for me. And reach out. We'll hop on a free call and we'll go from there. So I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous day wherever you are. And till next time. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you got a juicy nugget or two, scroll down on whatever app you're listening to and leave a five-star rating and review. I invite you to follow me, join the conversation, the weekly lives, and a lot of other amazing free content in my private Facebook group, Get Your Sexy Back. You can also friend me personally on Facebook, Kim Coffin, and follow me on Instagram at Get Your Sexy Back Coach. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, don't be shy. Reach out. I'd love to connect with you. 